and you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey guys, welcome to God's Whole Story. My name is Ryan, and today I'm joined by Mandy Johnson. Hey everybody. Uh, We have a thrilling reading today. Uh, you know, we are just marching through the whole Bible, and we are in this very uh, engaging and exciting piece of Joshua titled Land Allotments, <laughs> which is basically like reading through the transaction of property section of the newspaper. Just though someone who doesn't know how to pronounce any of the towns that you, people are living yeah, in. So yeah. just butchering it. So if you need to feel better about yourself, please listen all the way through to me reading every single town. Because I, I guarantee you it's a train wreck. And you don't get the benefit of like when you're looking at that section in the newspaper, if anybody even gets a newspaper anymore, of uh, being like, oh, they paid that much for that place, huh? Wow. <laughs> wonder what that means for my place. Nope. We don't get any of that we just We just get here. a lot of like towns we can't say. No. And my favorite part is they're letting us know the borders and the boundaries of everything. And I'm like, thank you for making that clear. This means, <laughs> this means nothing to me. <laughs> But, okay, let's talk about that. When I say, oh, this means nothing to me, I mean, it should mean something, right? Well, I mean, it definitely meant something to the, the original people. Yeah. You know, like, like this is super valuable to the people that were settling, and it probably would have helped them work out, you know, just just like you and your neighbors. Like, okay, your land is here. Uh-huh. My land is here. Yeah. I mean, I guess... Don't my- trim my bushes. They're my bushes. Right. Yeah. Or do, because I don't want to do, do it. Or we could, like, cut a deal where, yeah. like... Once you're old, I'll take care of your bushes. Okay. Or if yeah, I'm lazy, uh, just take care of them now. Or, or don't mow this part. Whatever. People I don't know. Very fussy about it. But here's what. It kind of translates into modern day, modern day boundaries that we talk about emotionally in our lives. So I think like when we talk about having boundaries in our lives, what we're saying is here's where I start and here's where I end and here's where you start and here's where you end. You take care of you. I promise to take care of me. And guess what? Boundaries lead to peace, right? <laughs> Isn't that what the whole point of all these boundaries are? The, there so has that, to be some part of this that is like, this is where you belong. Stay there. Don't stay there. Don't because guess over. what? When you know where you start and where you end, mm-hmm. there doesn't have to be fights about anything if everybody understands boundaries. So I think in this case, like obviously this is physical boundaries, but there, but the point of being very, very specific about it, like I mean, naming exactly the south, the north, the east, the west borders. I think when we're very clear on what our boundaries are, there's no dispute. There's no like, what are, what are we going to fight about? And so sticking to the boundaries always leads to peace is what it looks like. When people don't stick to the boundaries, what happens? Uh, usually there's a war. Usually people die. So I don't know if I have to find something because I do. I do try to find something in everything. There you go. Then maybe this could be just a reminder that like, Hey, it's not a bad thing to have really specific, clear directions about what boundaries are. But one other thing that they talked about was this, uh, like, um, casting sacred lots. It was mentioned many times right in the beginning. Can you just kind of explain that? Because it sure sounds like gambling, and we know how people <laughs> feel about that. Uh, I don't think this is gambling. Um, it, I think casting sacred lots... I mean, you wanted to talk about this. Well, I, I, just, I see how this is. You're like, I want to talk about casting sacred lots. Yeah, but like, you know about it. Well, I, I don't know a ton about it. I think it's a lot of just like trusting God's provision. Like, I don't know how they did it. Um, but I know that it is It is sort of like a little bit of like leaving things up to chance in some way, but trusting that God is over that and that we can like take his lead from that. That's how. Does that seem fair? I mean, yeah, that's how I read my Bible. <laughs> yeah, I like open it up and I trust that God's in Lot charge. Lot casting reading. 
And I say, Lord, what do you want to say today? And then, you know, you get to some weird passages and you think like, ah, shoot. <laughs> I, there's, there is some, there are some uh, churches that function sort of this way. Like I know like a church that I grew up in, like the, the previous pastor had been chosen by casting lots. So they would, they would like, this is this old school Mennonite. And I, I think there's plenty of Mennonite it. churches that still do it, but they would pray about who their next pastor was supposed to be. They would like trust that God could do that. And then they would just put a piece of paper in a hymn book and then they would have like five men take five hymn books and whoever opened up the hymn book to the paper was the pastor. Mennonite lot casting. <laughs> Guys, I love that kind of that's the so thing. much. And the the kids of these of the men that were picked were like, "Oh my gosh, please do not get picked." <laughs> <laughs> but 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 I like I I grew up in a church where the previous pastor who people really respected and like he did a lot of really amazing things in our community. He was chosen by casting lots. Okay. Well, yeah. this makes me think, you know, sometimes even if you just ask somebody, Hey, could you come to this meeting on Thursday night? They say like, let me pray about it. So I think we've swung the other way of like that to me, the hymnal, hymnal paper method, which I'm going to start I'm first order business buy a hymnal after work today. <laughs> Second order business. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how that works with the words on the screen. I that. Yeah, who's doesn't do- translate. Yeah, how can yeah, we do know. this? No, I mean, I want a hymnal at my home. Like, yeah. This is how we're going to make decisions now. Let's do it. But I wonder, like, is there value in that still? Are we overthinking everything to the point that we're praying about things that I'm not sure we need to be praying about? And, like, is there some sort of beauty in, like, trusting that God is guiding us? Because that's what the Bible says. Like, he's with us wherever we go. So I don't know. What Do you have thoughts on that? I I. I mean, I don't want to tell people to pray less. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> the thing that I appreciate, and we've seen it in a couple different instances very clearly, is that with some of these things, they're like a little bit hard to discern. Um, I'm thinking specifically, we read, I don't know, a couple weeks ago, we read this really bizarre passage about what to do in cases of women caught in adultery. And it was like, you're supposed to like drink this thing that is like made up from the the tabernacle. And like God was going to work in some kind of miraculous way to let people know, like if this woman was guilty or innocent. So it, it's a really strange passage. Um, I remember Chris Lotzball is the one that talked about it on the podcast and just brought like a lot of really interesting insight because it's, it's just kind of weird. Um, but I do appreciate the amount of uh, respect they have for the sovereignty of God and like the trust they have for God to act. Because I think that the way that we function now, the way that our minds work and our culture works is like, we're going to doubt that, yeah, you know, it's gonna be like, Oh sure. yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh God did that. Yeah. Huh? Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I know you guys lined that up beforehand. Like, you know? And yeah. And we're just a very obsessed culture with, um, very obsessed with having a plan and having stuff makes everything has to make sense. Mm-hmm. Like if something doesn't make sense, we can't handle it. And so like drinking some potion from the tabernacle, <laughs> I mean, people would lose their minds. But I think I just, I'm very curious about it. I think like, is there a place still in our lives where we could really um, like incorporate more of, of this idea of trusting in God's sovereignty mm-hmm. and maybe not overthinking stuff so much. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a challenge for me. Hey, look at that. We got something out of this. Land allotments. Land allotments. Guys, super intriguing. Now you know where everybody belongs and where their boundaries are. So we'll be... Big fan of boundaries. (laughs) We'll be back tomorrow. Um, We're going to be continuing in through Joshua. So thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Joshua 18. 
Now that the land was under Israelite control, the entire community of Israel gathered at Shiloh and set up the tabernacle. But there remained seven tribes who had not yet been allotted their grants of land. Then Joshua asked them, How long are you going to wait before taking possession of the remaining land the Lord, the God of your ancestors, has given to you? Select three men from each tribe, and I will send them out to explore the land and map it out. They will then return to me with a written report of their proposed divisions of their new homeland. Let them divide the land into seven sections, excluding Judah's territory in the south and Joseph's territory in the north. And when you record the seven divisions of the land and bring them to me, I will cast sacred lots in the presence of the Lord our God to assign land to each tribe. The Levites, however, will not receive any allotment of land. Their role as priests of the Lord is their allotment. And the tribes of Gad, Reuben, and the half-tribe of Manasseh won't receive any more land, for they have already received their grant of land, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave them on the east side of the Jordan River. As the men started on their way to map out the land, Joshua commanded them, Go and explore the land and write a description of it. Then return to me, and I will assign the land to the tribes by casting sacred lots here in the presence of the Lord at Shiloh. The men did as they were told and mapped the entire territory into seven sections, listing the towns in each section. They made a written record and then returned to Joshua in the camp at Shiloh. And there at Shiloh, Joshua cast sacred lots in the presence of the Lord to determine which tribe should have each section. The first allotment of land went to the clans of the tribe of Benjamin. It lay between the territory assigned to the tribes of Judah and Joseph. The northern boundary of Benjamin's land began at the Jordan River, went north of the slope of Jericho, then west through the hill country and the wilderness of beth From there, the boundary went south to Luz, that is Bethel, and proceeded down to Adaroth-Adar on the hill that lies south of lower Beth-Horon. The boundary then made a turn and swung south along the western edge of the hill facing Beth Horon, ending at the village of Kiriath Baal, that is Kiriath Jerem, a town belonging to the tribe of Judah. This was the western boundary. The southern boundary began at the outskirts of Kiriath Jerem. From that western point, it ran to the spring at the waters of Nephtoah and down to the base of the mountain beside the valley of Ben Hinnom, at the northern end of the valley of Rephim. From there it went down the valley of Hinnom, crossing south to the slope where the Jebusites lived, and continued down to Enrogel. From Enrogel, the boundary proceeded in a northerly direction and came to En Shemesh, and on to Geliloth, which is across from the slopes of Adumamim. Then it went down to the stone of Bohan. Bohan was Reuben's son. From there, it passed along the north side of the slope overlooking the Jordan Valley. The border then went down into the valley, ran past the north slope of Beth Hogla, and ended at the north bay of the Dead Sea, which is the southern end of the Jordan River. This was the southern boundary. The eastern boundary was the Jordan River. These were the boundaries of the homeland allocated to the clans of the tribe of Benjamin. These were the towns given to the clans of the tribe of Benjamin. Jericho, Beth Hogla, Emekkezes, Beth Araba, Zemarim, Bethel, Avim, Para, Afra, Kafaramani, Afni, and Geba, twelve towns with their surrounding villages. Also, Gibeon, Rama, Biroth, Mizpah, Kephara, Moza, Rechem, Irpil, Terala, Zela, Heleth, and Jebusite town, that is Jerusalem. Gibeah and Kiriath-Jerim, 14 towns with their surrounding villages. This was the homeland allocated to the clans of the tribe of Benjamin. The second allotment of land went to the clans of the tribe of Simeon. Their homeland was surrounded by Judah's territory. Simeon's homeland included Beersheba, Sheba, Malada, Hazarshul, Bala, Ezam, 
Eltolad, Bethel, Horma, Ziklag, Beth Markaboth, Hazar Susa, Beth Leboth, and Sheruhan, 13 towns with their surrounding villages. It also included Ain, Rimon, Ether, and Ashen, four towns with their villages, including all the surrounding villages as far south as Balathbir, also known as Rama of the Negev. This was the homeland allocated to the clans of the tribe of Simeon. Their allocation of land came from part of what had been given to Judah because Judah's territory was too large for them. So the tribe of Simeon received an allocation within the territory of Judah. The third allotment of land went to the clans of the tribe of Zebulun. The boundary of Zebulun's homeland started at Sarid. From there, it went west, going past Marala, touching Dabasheth, and proceeding to the brook east of Jachnam. In the other direction, the boundary went east from Sarid to the border of Kislath-Tabor, and from there to Debereth and up to Japhia. Then it continued east to Gath-Hefer, Ethkazin, and Rimon, and turned north and turned toward Nia. The northern boundary of Zebulun passed Hanathon and ended at the valley of Iftel. The towns in these areas included Kata, Nahalala, Shimron, Edala, and Bethlehem, 12 towns with their surrounding villages. The homeland allocated to the clans of the tribe of Zebulun included these towns and their surrounding villages. The fourth allotment of land went to the clans of the tribe of Issachar. Its boundaries included the following towns, Jezreel, Keseloth, Shunem, Hapharim, Shion, Anaharath, Rabbith, Kishion, Ebez, Remeth, Enganim, Enhada, and Beth Pezez. The boundary also touched Tabor, Shahazma, and Beth Shemesh, ending at the Jordan River, 16 towns with their surrounding villages. The homeland allocated to the clans of the tribe of Issachar included these towns and their surrounding villages. The fifth allotment of land went to the clans of the tribe of Asher. Its boundaries included these towns, Helkath, Hali, Betin, Akshaf, Alamalek, Ahmed, and Mishal. The boundary on the west touched Carmel and Shihar Libnath. Then it turned east toward Beth Dagan and ran as far as Zebulun in the valley of Iftael, going north to Bethamek and Niel. It then continued north to Kabul, Abdin, Rehob, Hammon, Kana, and as far as Greater Sidon. Then the boundary turned toward Rama and the fortress of Tyre, where it turned toward Hosa and came to the Mediterranean Sea. The territory also included Mahabel, Axib, Uma, Afek, and Rehob, 22 towns with their surrounding villages. The homeland allocated to the clans of the tribe of Asher included these towns and their surrounding villages. The sixth allotment of land went to the clans of the tribe of Naphtali. Its boundary ran from Halef, from the oak at Zayananim, and extended across to Adami Nakeb, Jabneel, and as far as Lakam, ending at the Jordan River. The western boundary ran past Asnath Tabor, then to Hukak, and touched the border of Zebulun in the south the border of Asher on the west, and the Jordan River on the east. The fortified towns included in this territory were Zidim, Zer, Hamath, Rakath, Kinnereth, Adama, Rama, Hazor, Kadesh, Edre, Enhazar, Yiran, Migdalel, Horam, Bethanon, and Beth Shemesh, 19 towns with their surrounding villages. The homeland allocated to the clans of the tribe of Naphtali included these towns and their surrounding villages. 
The seventh allotment of land went to the clans of the tribe of Dan. The land allocated as their homeland included the following towns, Zorah, Eshtuel, Yershemesh, Shalavin, Aijalon, Ethla, Elon, Timnah, Ekron, Eltake, Gibithon, Baleth, Jehud, Benabarak, Gathramon, Majarkon, Rakon, and the territory across from Joppa. But the tribe of Dan had trouble taking possession of their land, so they attacked the town of Laish. They captured it, slaughtered its people, and settled there. They renamed the town Dan after their ancestor. The homeland allocated to the clans of the tribe of Dan included these towns and their surrounding villages. Hey guys, this is Ryan, and I hope you are getting a lot out of God's whole story. Uh, It means a lot to us even as we are reading through God's Word every single day in the order that it happened. Um, If you want to go ahead and follow us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at God's Whole Story Podcast. Uh, We would love it if you would share this thing with your friends or people that you know, or just share what's sticking out to you. Uh, You can either send us a DM, or you could actually email us at podcasts at worshipcenter.org. You can email us if you have any questions, if something stuck out to you, if you'd like us to pray for you, and if you want a Bible, if you don't have one right now, or if you want a copy of the one that we're using to go through God's whole story, we'd be happy to send that to you. So go ahead and reach out to us in any way that you'd like. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day.